You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode and the regulars are here. I'm joined by Nick. Hello Nick. Hi Simon. It's a beautiful sunny day. If I could get the computer in the back garden I would have done. <laughs> it is indeed. It is. Uh, in fact when I went out earlier and I got in my car the uh, temperature in the direct sunshine was 33 degrees according to my car. Ooh. Yes, blazing hot um, in the direct sunshine, obviously. And we're joined by Jim. Hello, Jim. How is the weather up there in Scotland? I hate you too. It's freezing cold and wet up here. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh. <laughs> Another north-south divide strike, say. Eh? There we are. A bit of fleece on, would you leave? <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll send it up, Jim. It'll, it's yeah. on its way. On his way, on his way. Actually, um, as I was saying to the boys before we uh, started the show, because the sun is shining and um, I took my wife over to visit uh, her friend uh, on the way back, I had the boy in the car, the sun was shining and I had uh, a few pound notes in my pocket and I thought for the first time since lockdown, perhaps I will go and visit my uh, you know, usual drinking haunt. Um, and uh, I have to say, it was a big surprise. They've turned half their car park into a kind of patio seating area. They've got uh, four or five small greenhouses that you can uh, seat about five or six people in, in case the weather is inclement, and uh, an outside bar. So my boy and I sat in the uh, beer garden slash patio, I suppose you would call it, in the sunshine, uh, under a parasol, I have to say, because it's too far too hot to sit in the blazing sun. Um, and I enjoyed my first pint since lockdown, or at least my first pub-served pint, I should say. I haven't been abstemious since we started lockdown. Far from it, actually. <laughs> far, far from it, I have to say. I've probably drunk more during uh, lockdown than I would normally, but there we go. Um, not the same. It's not the same, I have to admit. Yes, it doesn't matter how long you chill the cans in the uh, fridge or whatnot. It's not the same as a draft-served pint sitting in the sun, is it? That's uh, that's what we've been missing. But uh, there we are. And uh, and is it a well-known brand of beer? What are brand? Are you allowed of... to mention it? Uh, well, I have to admit... Um, my, you know, rock and roll youth came to the fore. I decided to have a pint of snake bite, for, which for those who don't know is uh, <laughs> cider and lager. 50% cider, 50% lager. Uh, no black currant for me, thank you very much. I don't want to make it taste like a Ribena. Um, <laughs> but that is my rock and roll roots coming through. Um, there we are. Uh, Jolly good. Jolly good. Not that I, you know, not that's the only thing I drink. I'm happy to drink, uh, you know, Hobgoblin or uh, nice pale uh, Adnam Summer Ale or whatnot. But uh, for my first drink, uh, uh, you know, post, well, not post lockdown, since lockdown in the pub, I decided I would have an ice cold snake bite. So there we are. Uh, there. Nick, 
Nick? Yeah. Any uh, any update on your camera uh, for the... Oh, uh, yes. I, yes, I got it set up. Um, so it arrived uh, on... What day is it today? Thursday. Uh, today's Thursday, I, yeah. Uh, yeah, it arrived yesterday. Uh, and I spent most of the day trying to sort it out because it's um, it's a little bit fiddly to get it set up and the instructions are like, uh, as I told you, it came from Shenzhen. It's a Chinese and it's a sort of Chinese translated instructions which aren't particularly good and, and it tells you how to set it up on the Mac, on a PC, but it doesn't tell you how to set up on the Mac and I'm not uh, I'm not an expert in uh, networking. However, uh, I suddenly had an idea and what you have to do, uh, the IP address of the camera is 192.168.5 dot one six three and you have to change the subnet of your mac to the same sub that five subnet yeah so yes. basically you have to go into net, you have to go into network settings and you have to say um set my network manually and then you type in 192.168.5 and then you choose another number it doesn't matter what so i put dot one um and then i could actually go into my browser and type in the address of the camera, and then I could get in and change the IP address so that it then sits in the normal range of my DCHP um, um, uh, assigned um, IP yeah. addresses. Which is normally uh, either dot one dot something or... Yes, or dot, dot zero, zero dot are the commonest ones. Dot something. Yeah, so um, once I'd done that, it worked, but it took me ages to work out how to do that and, and to understand what it was I'd got to do. So, yeah, it was a little bit frustrating. I kept typing this IP address in and thinking, why isn't it finding it? Why am mm. I not getting a web page? Anyway, and then all you do is change your Mac back to D DCHP, so it just picks it up off the router, and uh, and, and all systems go, and it's great. Yeah, I love it. You can, as I say, you can do these. I had a little play. I set it up in my bedroom, and... I've got it two or three different presets and literally you just press these presets and the camera zooms around and zooms in and out and it's cool. So yeah, I'll put it back in its box for now because I'm not going to need to use it in the near future. But uh, certainly I think this is going to be uh, the next problem I've got to sort out is how we get the church audio into it. That's going to be a challenge. What, into the into the camera or into the... Um... Well, either into the camera or into my PC, into the into my Mac at church. So um the, the the problem we've got is we've got a completely non-standard sound system. Right. Uh, we, we, and I don't think there are any outputs on it. So this that's going to be interesting. <laughs> I'm going to have to play uh, to try and work that out. But anyway, yeah. it's... Uh, I just need yeah. to go back to the old-fashioned black and white films where you had the... The, uh, the 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 video <laughs> and then the, the, the wee uh, screen up saying what the words were. Yeah. Yes, maybe we should do that. Yeah. <laughs> or you what have the bouncing ball where we used to the... sing along with the music. <laughs> Pop up pianist. There you go. <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah, that's what we should do. No, I, I, I'm very pleased with the camera. Camera Good. works really well, and um, yeah. I can see I I got it working in OBS, which is what I wanted to be able to do. It was just a matter of pointing, uh, because um, it uses something called NDI. I think I mentioned yes, last time. Yeah, we mentioned it. Yeah, um, uh, it's just a matter of getting other NDI compliant things and running those on your Mac. So, uh, and then it basically you just point it at that NDI source, and it appears just like that. Excellent. So there we go. Yeah, yeah, very pleased. Good purchase. I've uh, backed out of my. Um, 
I thought I was spending too much. I backed out of my iPad. You know, I said I was thinking of replacing my iPad. All right, yeah. So, uh, so I backed out of that. It had taken two weeks, and they hadn't sent it yet. And they were they were now predicting two weeks from now. And I thought, nah, it's too long. And then I thought about it, and I thought, do I really need this? Do I, thought, I really no, need I another iPad? Yeah. Do I really yeah. need a so new I, one? I cancelled it. Was so, this yeah, direct from Apple? Or, uh, yes, it was direct from Apple. Yeah. yeah. So they're saying 13th of August now, <clears throat> which it seems a long time to keep you waiting. Some people, of course, rumour mill, rumour mill, um, some people are saying, of course, that uh, these delays indicate that there may be a new iPad An in update. office. Uh, could be, couldn't it? Because we are getting towards there. I mean, September-ish time, isn't it? Or is it October? Well, nobody knows. Well, I mean, the, the, um, the phone is usually September. And, October next year. And then they usually have an October event. Um, the phone and the watch is usually September, and then other stuff it'd is a bit, usually... It'd be a bit early to start start running down your stock this far ahead, I would have thought. Yes. Yet. Would that not be right saying that the, the iPad Mini was more of an early season launch? Well, maybe. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. rumours about a new Mac, uh, iPad Mini. Still, I mean, no. <laughs> rumours no about everything. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, no particular hurry anyway. Uh, it was just a whim, really. And I'd got a bit of money. So so I put that money aside and. I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I'll just get an envelope, Jim. <laughs> I'd like to see them actually bring out uh, the lower end iPads with the. Maybe not the quad speakers, but at least a stereo speaker that is at top and bottom. So when you actually watch yeah. a movie on it, you get the sound not from the bottom end one side. But the, the iPad sound is pretty good actually. I mean, yeah, I, I, I've, I've, got, I've got the twelve, I've got the twelve point nine and uh, Pro, mm-hmm. and it, and it, uh, the sound quality is very good. Mm-hmm. But, but the fact they've continued with the same stereo at the bottom of the you know, the, the display. Yes. Which is in the wrong place when you're actually watching a film. Uh, I suppose so, yeah. Well, mm. you know, we never know, do you? We'll see. We will yeah. see. We will so that's, see. A, that's a quick, uh, a quick catch-up on the week in Nick's tech. Well, you know, <laughs> why not? Why not, indeed? I mean, there isn't a huge amount in the, uh, you know, news stories, I'll be honest. Obviously, um, Nick, you said uh, before the show that you... Um, we're watching the uh, Congress grilling the CEOs uh, live I was, stream. I was. Um, yeah, I found it. I found the whole thing a bit frustrating and a bit. Uh, they just seemed to be going over old ground to me quite a lot of the time. I mean, there was one guy in particular who was convinced that Google were um, uh, favouring the um, the Democrat side of the news. And that Google were, were were influencing search results to try and favour the Democrats, uh, and he he spent quite a lot of time going on about it. Uh, there was a very nice put down near the end from a Democrat um, who basically said, "We don't all believe." He said, "I I, I pulled up the top search terms for this morning, and they're all conservative news." Yeah, I don't. <laughs> so, um, you know, so basically. Something... But Some I mean, of that I just thought it's just like really. I, really? <laughs> I just thought they wasted an awful lot of time. Um, I, Apple got away with it pretty lightly, actually. Um, Tim Tim was uh, only asked a few questions. Uh, at least two of them were the MDM things from you know. Do you remember going back ages and they they banned one or two apps from the App Store because they were using MDM? Yes. 
Uh, and uh, they were challenging him about that. But, I mean, it's a really old news story. And, and Apple had explained why they'd done it back then. So yes. why would they bring it up why again at this bring hearing? Up? I mean, it was made perfectly <laughs> clear nonsense. that the apps were banned because they were using MDM to circumvent the That's the right, which was making... And, I mean, Tim made it quite clear that, you know, that that's what they were doing and that they were making it dangerous because kids' accounts could be hacked through it. Um, and that's why they... they it was a, One of them was a tracking app. Not a tracking. It was like par, a parental control app. And he pointed out, you know, uh, it's all very well going on about this, but there are 70 parental control apps in the App Store currently. Yes, which do not breach the rules. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I, I just, I, I just never, felt... Never mind Apple's own I just own felt they were just control. digging up yeah. old stuff that, uh, and just showing out, really, how stupid they all are. Well, um, I... So, yeah, it was, it was very frustrating. I mean, okay, they did challenge... Um, they challenged... I say Google about search results. Uh, they challenged them all about were they stifling innovation? Were they stifling innovation by just buying up other companies? But I must admit, some of the questions they were asking, I, I, I was just shouting at the telly, it's a company. Are you stupid? It's a com yeah. They're companies. They buy <laughs> other companies. That's what happens in the world of business. That's how it works. Uh, and what was the other thing I was shouting? Oh, there was something else as well. Well, I did. Uh, oh, I did. Oh yes, um, you, you're doing this in your app store. Um, so, so why are you doing that? And I, and I was saying because it's their app store. <laughs> because they so, can. That's because it's them and their app store. So, uh, so, you, you seem to be getting an unfair advantage because of this. Well, that's because it's their app store. You know, I don't dear. Yeah, you can so, see how annoyed for, I was. <laughs> for, for those of us uh, who. I uh, don't know what it is. What, what is M MDN and what is the the actual... Um, uh, MDM is multi-device multi management. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so it, it, it's basically a, a system. So when you're rolling out software to um, within a business, uh, you can you can control multiple devices through through MDM. So say you want to send out a software update to them all, mm. you can do that via MDM and they have the ability to do that because they have like a special account to do it with. Mm. Uh, but the fact is that is not supposed to be used out in the wild. It's only supposed to be used within the business. Right. Uh, 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 go on. I was just going to say, what is this Spanish Inquisition about they're having? Um, basically, they've been doing a lot of research and they believe that the tech giants are stifling innovation. They are holding back other companies. They are buying other companies. They are um, uh, stopping other companies competing with, with unfair practices. So that's, it, what, that, that's what they're talking about. Yes, and uh, just for, for what it's worth, this is actually described as an evidential inquiry. So... Um, basically, it, it, it's it's a bit like, would you like to come down to the station and assist with our inquiries? Mm, Nobody's yes. actually being, you know, it's like, of course, if you don't come and, uh, and assist us with your inqu inquiries, then we might look badly on that. But um, on the whole, so, I mean, were, Jeff, Jeff, Bezos, Jeff Bezos of yeah. Amazon, um, I'm not sure that I agree with it, but he played an absolute blinder because he basically told the you know the tale of I was an adopted child and um you know 
Uh, I never knew my parents, but I grew up believing in the American dream where anybody can do anything. I've to talk about selling the, you know, cornball <laughs> tail, which actually had nothing missed, whatsoever. I joined to, after that. It had nothing to do whatsoever with what they were asking him. But, you know, whoever tutored him on his PR was like, yeah, look, sell them on. This is the American dream of, you know, an adopted child from a, you know, foreign country or whatever who rises <laughs> to be the star of, by hard work and graft, built an enormous empire and became fantastically rich. It's got nothing to do with what they're asking him, but it was a bloody uh, blinder admit, of a I, PR move. Yeah, I felt that, uh, that, I say I watched about three hours of it, so, and I felt that on the whole, uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, probably all of the companies and probably Apple as well have done things in the past which perhaps they shouldn't have done um, and uh, none of them are completely blameless. No, none of them are having blameless. Said, having said that, um, uh, who the heck um, elected officials in America? <laughs> Goodness gracious me. I mean... The, the... I, would have I would have thought that they were... A, they were quite aggressive, I thought. Uh, there was one or two uh, in particular who I thought were really quite rude and really quite, um, um, yeah, just aggressive. And the other thing, the only other comment I've got about the whole thing is the comments which were scrolling up uh, alongside. Um, I'm not surprised some people say that um, Twitter and all that sort of stuff have gone has gone really gone downhill uh, because some of the comments were unacceptable in my opinion um from from the general public they were rude they were uh, abusive it, it's dreadful what people do online oh, and what yeah, they get away with um, the, the, although the one the one thing i did uh, read which i found amusing was apparently one senator asked mark zuckerberg why somebody had been banned from twitter yeah exactly <laughs> as, if, as if he's gonna know it's like really I I I know I don't like Mark Zuckerberg one bit, but I I would really like his answer to be I have no idea. I don't own Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> you better ask Jack Dorsey about that one. Yeah, yeah. it's really so. Even you know, even though even grief. though I say Apple Apple came out of it best, definitely. Um, I thought that, that that they really weren't challenged about an awful lot. They were challenged a little bit about. Uh, app store practices and and rejecting apps and that kind of thing. Uh, but I thought on the whole, um, Tim came out of it pretty well. The other three, um, uh, not so good, perhaps. They uh, they seem to have to say quite a few times, um, I'll get back to you with that information, mm. um, which well, to me means... That's just they, stock either... American politicking, though, isn't it? Yeah, well, yes, I suppose it is. It's a thing I've noticed in the last few years. Uh, you know, I've been following uh, some of the American politics, and I've certainly noticed that uh, since the, the orange gentleman arrived on the scene, um, American politics have become pretty nasty. Uh, yeah. And, you know, um, so I'm not surprised that that's what's happened to that, uh, that thing. Yeah, I, th I thought that I thought the way that some of them behaved was um, mm -hmm. not not very good. And uh, in all honesty, they did come across as being um, a bit stupid, really. <laughs> if I'm allowed to say that, if I get cut off, it's because America. Yeah, it's because the NSA <laughs> has cut, uh, cut Nick's lead. <laughs> yeah, I thought. That, 
I thought they came across as pretty, pretty idiotic, really, and didn't uh, really know what they were talking I about. I get. Which, uh, and we've said that before, haven't we? We've said that before about um, uh, politicians in America getting involved in tech and not understanding what it is that they're saying. I think it's politicians everywhere, the, to be honest, Nick. Yeah, I, I, the same you know, yeah. I, I hate to be, you know, I hate to be generalist about this but let's be honest a large proportion of politicians in the west are old white guys with pretty hard set views on how things should be and many of them probably couldn't bloody record something on vhs let alone understand how tech works Um, (laughs) that's true you know i'll I'll admit you know um boris johnson who i have no respect for whatsoever is basically my age and he's an idiot um (laughs) (laughs) and so if i get cut off sorry you know gchq have cut my connection (laughs) but um (laughs) i'm sorry that's free speech i'm allowed to say i think as long as it's my opinion i think he's an idiot (laughs) Uh, then i'm entitled to say that um there was one guy i must admit who did speak up at one point was he the chair I think it was the chair at the time because the chair changed during it. It wasn't the same chair all the way through. And um, he did say something very good about um, protecting the freedom of speech, basically, Um, which I think we all want to see. Um, Basically, he was saying about, you know, um, not taking away people's right to have an opinion, even uh, even though it might be quite different to yours. Um, but it's really, it, I mean, these tech companies are having to having to walk a tightrope, really, over giving people freedom, and at the same time taking it away uh, because of hate speech and mm. and uh, and racism and all those other things. I, th- I think it, it's a really difficult balancing. It, it is a very um, difficult thing, and I think that you know, I don't think there are many people who would disagree with the rights of free speech. The problem becomes, we all know that free speech is not unlimited. I mean, even the American Constitution says the right of free speech does not extend to running into a crowded theatre shouting fire, fire, fire. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Unless there is actually a fire, you know. (laughs) Um, The problem becomes... And we don't want to diverge too far into politics, but the the problem, the balancing act is at what point does somebody's right to hold an opinion drift into hate speech or incitement to hate or, you know, incitement to violence or, or whatever? Um, I mean, the Americans have I, a big I thought it was quite. I, I thought it was saying, quite amusing, actually. Yes, I thought it was quite amusing that the way that. Um... They were all holding to holding them to account for this, while really it's not down to the tech companies to decide. <laughs> yeah, it, it should be down to the constitution to decide where where we want to draw the line. Where what, do we want to draw the line? Yeah, there yeah. there does seem to be quite a lot of that. You know, people pointing at Twitter saying you're doing it wrong, or Facebook saying you're doing it wrong. Um, and. Whether, you know, I think Facebook are doing it wrong, but they're entitled to hold their opinion about where the line is drawn. Twitter, you know, have a different line. Um, Twitter, for example, did, you know, famously put a fact check marker on some of Donald Trump's tweets saying you might want to fact check this statement. Uh, for which they, you know, then roundly got castigated by the Republican Party. 
Um, well, yeah, exactly. One of the one of the Republicans in this 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 is the one that the guy who annoyed me most really was obviously a Trump uh, supporter, and um, and he he was saying that uh, Google had employed purposefully employed um, uh, uh, Democrats to to run down the Conservatives. And I mean, basically, what he was saying was, uh, <laughs> I know that Trump says a load of rubbish at times. But uh, he should be allowed to say that rubbish. <laughs> yeah. he, he, I mean, he, don't get me wrong; he was put down later on by this other Democrat who basically said, "Yeah, yeah." The the reason tr Trump's people that comments on bleach were um, were taken down or were, or were, uh, as you say, had uh, health warnings on them was because they, they were dangerous for your health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do not go and inject yourself with bleach, people. It's not a good idea, you know. Yes. Um, uh, so, uh, so yeah, it was um, it was fascinating because I've never watched anything like it before. Those um, things but, can be but, um, those things can be incredibly uh, annoying to watch. Uh, yes, because they they, you, it was. You see, but I couldn't stop watching it. <laughs> no, you can't. It's like watching a slow motion car crash. You can't look away. Um, <laughs> yes. You you find yourself if you know you know if you're interested in tech or. If it's some other subject, you know, public health or uh, the environment or whatever, what you find when you watch these debates often is a lot of people with axes to grind or yes. a lot of people with um, an ulterior motive pointing at somebody else. And you also find a, quite often a lot of astounding ignorance about the issues that they're addressing. And it's like, do you people not have staff? Do you not have researchers and, um, <laughs> well, you know, well, aid camp and whatnot who are supposed to tell you? Like, don't say that. That's idiotic. Been, <laughs> for this one in particular, they've been gathering, gathering evidence for 18 months. So, so, so what exactly is it is that they're actually trying to to, to do? Uh, is, it, is it trying to say that the force companies are far too powerful, too big? Yes. Well, at the moment, yeah. I, I, the summary at the end was that uh, that um, that they they uh, that, that I think that all the large companies should be broken up. Yeah, mm. That's which basically, but like, the how does that all. work? How does it work? They've you know they've had this. Somebody put this forward. I don't know, like you say, 18 months ago, oh, big tech needs to be broken up. But if you yeah. follow any um, serious industry analysts, uh, people who actually understand this stuff, I'm not talking about yes. financial analysts who say, oh, Apple's going to go up or down or... Yeah, business analysts. Yeah. You know, proper business analysts, people like uh, Benedict Evans or... Carolina Milanese or Bob O'Donnell, people like that, and and many others, yeah. many others out there who actually understand how tech industry works and what's going on, and their job is to explain it to us mere mortals and also to advise other companies, you know, big companies on where the trends appear to be going and who's doing what. They've all said, like, it sounds good, doesn't it? Break up big tech, but how? And what would yeah. you gain? And where where will this make any difference in reality? Right? What can you do? Okay, so you could I'm split, sure you could split Facebook into Facebook and Messenger and Instagram and you could split Google, Google into, into YouTube, YouTube and, and Google yes. and Flickr and blah 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 blah. But but, but part of the reason part of the reason they work so well is because of that integration. Mm. If you but, split but, them up, that makes yeah. them harder to actually work with, which is not what, what people want. 
Plus also, if you do split them, uh, there's still no competition because they're just a separate company. Uh, yeah. 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 I, oh, I, I know. I, I, I mean, he, he compared them to um, Rockefellers. Mm. So uh, I, I suppose it's a fair, if you talk about wealth, I suppose it's a fair uh, comparison. But, but that's like I'm not saying, convinced that... it's like saying, okay, uh, BP, we should split, split BP right um in you know british petroleum whatever you want to call it a yes. big oil company oh well we should split that up into um four court petrol and you know uh marine diesel oil and um supplies to power stations separately how does that fix anything it doesn't it no. doesn't fix anything splitting um and it splitting... takes away the it takes away the synergies of having all those things together yes and then yeah. what will happen? Even if you do it, then the next thing will be a round of a round of investigations saying these companies illegally collaborated. <laughs> yes, I, I think it's I think it's good. Uh, I think it's good that we question really large corporations, but for goodness sake, get some people who know what they're talking about to question them. Mm. <laughs> and yeah. if so you, that you would know, really help. By all means, I don't think anybody would disagree with the fact that all of the big corporations probably need more oversight in what they yeah. do and how they do I it. But if you're going to do that, you have to have people who understand it. It's, yeah. you know, it would be like saying, oh, right, okay, uh, Sorry, I've got the president on the line for you, Simon. He'd like you and Nick and Jim to uh, chair the oversight committee of big tech. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we're interested in it. We like to know what's going on, but I don't understand the bleeding inside guts. What they need to do is get what we want is a back door into the software. Mm. (laughs) All all the people who understand would say that. As soon as they don't really know what they want. No, yeah. uh, I don't think they do. I don't. Yeah. Th- I just think they think they're too powerful, and yeah, they may have. There may be something in that. Um, I well, think. I, I, uh, I, I, I would agree. They're too powerful, too big, and too yeah. powerful. But I think the personal thing. One of the biggest problems is that most of these tech companies are American, yeah. and the way American politics works is that they are scared, very worried. I suppose. That these companies, you know, Apple, I mean, Apple, Amazon, Google, whatever, some of them, are, I mean, Apple and Microsoft are now at 1.5 trillion plus yeah. valuations. What they're worried about is that if, for example, Apple decided, I don't think Apple would, but, you know, if they were to do such a thing, that they could spend billions of dollars pushing a particular political agenda and that yeah. nobody could effectively stand against them. If they wanted to push that agenda, they could push it through and effectively, technically, quote, unquote, overrule American democracy. Um, the fact that American democracy is ruled by money is another question altogether. <laughs> but um, <clears throat> uh, let's not get into that. Um, yeah. So there you go. Um as I say, it was described as an evidential hearing. So for you, Jim, what that means is, yeah, you know, come and help us with our inquiries about whether mm. or not we should investigate you further. So yeah. um, to some extent, it, it doesn't... It may, all, it may, may all be academical anyway, because uh, yeah. if the election go the way it sounds it's going to go, uh, the people that are trying to force this through are going to be out. Yeah. 
Ed, yeah. Um, and the other, the other big thing is, I don't think, despite whatever rivalries, enmities, whatever you might call it, the big tech, you know, uh, giants have amongst themselves, it does not behoove them or do them any good to start pointing the fingers at each other in this situation no. because that just makes it worse. So actually, mm. to quote the famous, uh, is it Christine Keeler? Well, they would say that, wouldn't they? Um, you know what I mean? None of them are going to go, oh, yeah, actually, we illegally influenced politics, bought out this, did that, did it. No, they're all going to go, oh, I don't know nothing about it, Governor. I never done nothing wrong. Um <laughs> it wasn't me, it wasn't there. I mean, it just, no, it, in some I mean, results, I mean, it's just a huge we've, circus. We've talked about um, missteps that companies have made. Uh, and on occasion, we haven't agreed with what Apple's done. No. Um, and uh, the, the fact is, if they'd done their research well, they, they could have asked them some very pertinent questions. Um, all the stuff about uh, personal security and um, that they could have asked, they sort of didn't really. They seem to get a little bit hung up on something to do with nappies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there was uh, a, d- 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 Amazon there was bought a out a company, or sorry, Amazon allegedly um, decided that they wanted to promote their own um, That's right. disposable That's nappies. Right, yeah. And in order to crush the competition, uh, it Below is alleged their prices, didn't they? that yeah. they were prepared to take a $200 million per week hit by selling their own brand ones under the cost of competitors. And then once the uh, competition was on their knees, bought them out, uh, which, if true, if true, um, is indeed a very, very shady practice. Yeah, um, I mean that, that that's part of the problem with them being such big companies, isn't it? Is they've got so much power that it is easy to misuse it. Yes, um, uh, and this so, is so as I said, as I said at the beginning when we started talking about it, I don't think any of them came off blameless. No, uh, because but I don't believe I, any I, of them I, are blameless. Some of no, them no. do more shady at the things same than time, others. But... At the same time, uh, that doesn't mean that we should be breaking the companies up and making life more difficult for everybody. No, indeed. So, um, we um, shall see. We shall see what the outcome of, will eventually be. Yeah, possibly the nothing. Real, yeah. The real need is competition, proper competition. So. Yes. Yes, agreed. Yeah. yeah, and I think that is part that that is the underlying part of this whole thing because it's all about antitrust and the, the underneath all the stupidity and the circus and the PR, the original thrust of this is supposed to be to make sure that none of these tech giants are exercising their power in ways which crushes competition. I must admit, there was. I've just remembered one thing that I that I disagreed with that Tim said, and I agreed with almost everything else he said. But there was one thing he said, and I thought, "Ooh, do I agree with that?" Um, we would never. What did he say? We would never. Uh, we would never. Um, well, he didn't use the word steal. We would never appropriate the intellectual property of another company, mm. uh, and, and not, not not in buying them. He was talking about, um, <coughs> yeah, literally lifting it. Yeah, go, going over their heads, basically. Uh, and, and I thought back to how many times we talked about Sherlocking. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, and I thought, oh, I'm not sure I 100% believe that. Well, of course, <laughs> that, that, could be, that could be, if you like, that one of those statements which is 100% true in that we would not deliberately steal somebody's IP. Uh, yeah. But that doesn't stop us seeing somebody's idea, copying it, doing it ourselves, and putting you That's out true. of business. Yeah, because <laughs> at one point, at one point, they were accused of copying what other companies do, and I can't remember which one of the uh, which one of the uh, CEOs spoke, but he said. Yeah, that's what companies do. <laughs> yeah, I think that might have been Mark Zuckerberg. I think I read a thing where yeah, somebody said something about, is it not true that you have um, copied, copied what, uh, yes. or, or taken on board, you know, appropriated somebody else's idea and incorporated it into Facebook? It was like, well, yes. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, because, and like, to be honest, that's how business works. Well, that's also how the tech sphere works, isn't it? Yes, that's how the zeitgeist works. Somebody, particularly in tech, I mean, we wouldn't all have cameras that look like one another if it weren't for the fact that they copied one another. (laughs) Also, why, why, you know, why, um, why do all smartphones now look almost identical? They're yeah. rectangular slabs of glass with rounded corners and boxes of icons. Why is that so? Because everybody copied everybody else, and that's the way the zeitgeist went. Why do yeah. Windows interfaces and, uh, you know, most Linux interfaces and the Mac OS all look pretty much similar? Because that's how people have decided culturally that that's how computers look and behave anyway i'll I'll stop talking about this now because we've been going about half an hour on one subject. <laughs> well, why not there's not much else um i was going to say in all, in all honesty it sounds like it's about 10 years too late doing this because the, the, they've allowed companies to get too big too powerful um, yeah uh you know they dealt with it 10 years ago things might have been different i mean would, would, you, would you, when you want to buy something what do you do you go to amazon yeah yeah, it's the first thing you go to rather than go to PC World or whatever. Mm, true, very much so. Yeah. I agree. Um, kind of related to that, actually. Um, you know how last week we were talking about Microsoft Teams and the um, Slack alleged uh, antitrust. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. thing. Uh, we had we did have some feedback. Uh, Alistair in the Slack room said uh, the thing which is interesting about Microsoft Teams versus Slack is possibly the purchase model. My company was using an on-premise MS Exchange, and we're looking to the future. They evaluated Google Apps and Microsoft 365. Google won comfortably on features and price, except for one factor. We have a large corporate license for Microsoft software and services, including Windows. If we had gone to Google, our bill for Microsoft would not have reduced, so we would have had to ditch Windows as well. Uh, You know how well that went down. So we use MS365, including Teams, because of this. So fair point. An Mm. interesting comment there. Um, As we were saying, we didn't know, you know, if Microsoft had done anything that might be considered shady. Um, so Alistair is pointing out there basically that if you have a large license from Microsoft, it's actually almost impossible to escape from it. 
Um, you were also talking last week about Plex, but you had a change of heart about what you um, said last well, week. Well, yeah, also uh, last week, yes, we obviously we looked at Plex, didn't we? The new Plex TV, mm-hmm. and it had literally just been announced, so we kind of were browsing it actually as we mm-hmm. were um, recording, and we were fairly dismissive of it. Now, I took a a deeper look at it after the show and it's no Netflix. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Most of their films are very old. Um, A lot of their stuff is yeah. TV shows that either are old or, um, you know, niche or obscure. However, um, because it's free, uh, I did browse through. There's quite a lot of old BBC drama content on there. There's a, a two seasons of a show called The Mill, which was a, a reasonably well-received BBC drama set in a like 19th century um, cloth mill. Um, Hamish Mc is it Ham- Hamish McBride? Is Macbeth. It? Macbeth. Hamish Macbeth. Yeah. Uh, that's on there. Um, various other BBC shows from the past, not new, not new shows by any. Uh, shake um if you're interested in for example in old westerns they have a huge selection of um old western movies uh you know if i'm not interested in that but uh overall because it's free um and you can just download an app for your apple tv or your ipad and watch uh it probably it, it wouldn't do you any harm to have a look put it that way uh, as I say, it's not an, it's not a new Netflix by any you know uh, stretch of the imagination, but maybe not quite as uh, worthless as uh, you know initial browsing would imply. I think. Do you, do you need to make an account with them to get access to all this? Um, I think they yes, ask you to so. register your email address. That's about hmm. it. Um, yeah. And is it purely on uh, computers and tablets, or can you actually put it on your TV as well? No, you um, can put it on your TV. Well, you, you can, yeah. you can Apple, put it on well, Apple TV anyway. <clears throat> yes, if you've got right. Apple TV, because there's an I. I am assuming if you have a similar Android type device, because there's an app for Android. So I'm sure if there's a, I don't know about Amazon Fire TV or whatnot, but I'm sure yeah, there probably. are there are products like Plex. Um, Plex seems to be fairly ubiquitous, so you can get it yes, almost anywhere. And almost anywhere. So basically, if you have a probably a Roku or, or one of those kind of um, sling bots and things like that. Um, if you can install the, either the Android or the iOS app, you can get access to it on your TV. Um, certain smart TVs can probably do- download it directly from Google Play or whatever. Um, they're, only, they're only hidden costs. I mean, how, how no, does, um, how does a, Plex make money? Uh, well, it's uh, ad supported. Have, yeah, well, not, yeah, uh, not only that. Yes, it is ad supported, but not only that, Plex make money through Plex Pass. Which gives you more material, yes. and there is there is a paid there's a you know a paid premium tier which removes the ads and so on. Mm. But um, I suspect it's mostly designed to be ad supported and um, to allow to some extent, yes, some of these lesser channels to get exposure. But mm. it's not it's not as um, how would I describe it? It's not as fully populated with a load of weird and wonderful stuff that nobody's ever heard of as first glance would show when i when i went and looked at you know when i started to use the search i found um quite a lot i mean there's things like master chef 
Australia and um, things like that. You know, shows which I'm, I'm sure probably not the latest one, but if you're just interested in watching a cooking show, Master Chef Australia is a perfectly good show. Um, mm-hmm. So, and like I say, you know, classic British BBC dramas and the like. So, as I say, not not Netflix. No, you know, it's no Disney Plus, but mm-hmm. maybe not. You know, shouldn't be dismissed out of hand uh, without taking a look. Um, well, you hear a lot of people um, raving about Plex, and I think it's more more to do with the fact they can use it to, um, you know, uh, watch their own media on it. Originally, oh, yeah. originally, yeah, that's, that's what Plex was. Plex was mm-hmm. a way of of uh, being your media library, effectively. It was your mm-hmm. own private cloud to some extent, isn't it? Oh, yes, and you could access it from anywhere. That was that was their their selling point. Was you could you know get an app anywhere, and you could access it from anywhere. Mm. Um, but yes, they they they've always had channels and things, um, podcasts and stuff. I mean, that, that's uh, the other thing. There's a there's podcasts and things in the in the Plex TV. I'm not I'm not sure that that's where I would go to get podcasts, but they've got some no, video podcasts no. and so on. Again, um, are video podcasts really podcasts? I don't know, or are they you know sort of open access TV? But that you know, you can debate that all you like. There's there's more to it. I'm just saying we were fairly dismissive of it, and I I think we were, you know, we'd only literally just had that news in and were browsing it as we talked. Um, I think we can may I have been a, a little unfair. That's all. Can I ask you a quick question? Yes. Can you hear mowing in the background? No. Nope. Oh, that's all right then. So I, I can hear it here, but. <laughs> Your but noise gate you is can't. obviously cutting it out. It's very it's good. Jolly good. Right. Well, uh, shall we take a five-minute break? Because uh, John Nemo has... Yes, tea, tea. Mmm, beer. Um, John, John Nemo has uh, a product um, in his uh, hardware store. So I think we should take a five-minute break and go over to John. Um, and then we'll come back and talk a little bit more. So, uh, over to John. I just got off the phone with a company called StarTech. S-T-A-R-T-E-C-H. StarTech.com. I was getting support from the product manager on something called a Thunderbolt 3 dock with USB-C compatibility, dual monitor 4K, 60 hertz display port, laptop docking station, 60 watts power delivery, Gigabit Ethernet, 5 USB, Thunderbolt 3 and USB 3.1, Generation 2, 10 gigabit per second dock, works for Windows and Mac. Product ID is TB3CDK2DP. Again, TB3CDK2DP. Product price on the company website is $330.99. This is a high-end dual monitor using the type of display port that you never ever see on Apple products. It's a slightly oblong and asymmetrical port. But the good news is the company has adapters to adapt you to HDMI, which is what you'll be using most typically. On the front, there's a USB-C input, and you can take that from your computer, Mac, PC, Chromebook, whatever, or your Pro iPad with USB-C, which is what I was trying to do, and I could do it. I used a USB-C cable from the USB-C port on my iPad Pro, the big one, into the front of this amazing dock and out the back using a cable and an adapter into my HDMI display. 
The native port is this unusual display port that's common in business and in the PC world, but totally unknown to most Mac users. But again, there's adapters to get this to work. There's all these different ports and even an audio headphone port on the front. But you must go to the website that will be in our show notes for this episode of Essential Apple here at Nemo's Hardware Store to see what you're getting for $331. It's compatible with all platforms. You don't need any drivers or any downloads. You just plug this baby in and off you go. It's fast, it's bright, it's clear. And even my iPad was being charged while it was displaying through the HDMI using this dock as the intermediary. The performance was outstanding. So if you're in a situation where you need high-end performance with USB-C as the starting point, and many of you do now with your USB-C computers, give this a try, especially if you're in a professional, enterprise, high-end workplace. Good work, StarTech, S-T-A-R-T-E-C-H dot com for the TB3CDK2DP Thunderbolt 3 dock with USB-C compatibility dual monitor 4K 60Hz display port, laptop docking station, and we know iPad Pro docking station, with 60 watts power delivery, gigabit Ethernet, five USB hubs, Thunderbolt 3 USB 3.1, generation 2, 10 gigabit per second dock for Windows and Mac and iPad Pro. It's a long name, but it'll be on your desk, on your workspace, in your office, in your lab, in your studio for a long time. That's it for this week. Enjoy our three-week break. See you in August. That's it for Nemo's Hardware Store. Thank you, John. Links in the show notes, of course. Uh, John has asked me to note to you that they have an excellent pro-quality 24-hour-a-day, five-day-a-week online support and have great raves for the products on its own page. Adapters for almost every device and situation a serious user will encounter are available. So there you go. If you're interested in that, uh, take a look at the links in the show notes. Um, so now we're back. We've had a little bit of a chat about what else we're going to talk about. Um, one I forgot to mention is apparently, um, Apple have been uh, awarded two Emmys, um, for Ghostwriter and Peanuts in Space on Apple TV Plus. Uh, Ghostwriter, of course, being a show I've mentioned before as about the only show on Apple TV Plus that caught my attention, other than um, the Tom Hanks movie. Um, there we well, are. I'm, su- I'm surprised that um, Home Before Dark and The Banker didn't uh, win anything, because... Uh, that way, TV, TV series was very good, and The Banker was actually an excellent film as well. Mm, okay, um, there we go. Yeah. But the Emmys, the Emmys is the Emmys, a bit like the Oscars. Who knows who uh, is in charge of that? But anyway, well done, Apple. Uh, an Emmy for Ghostwriter and an Emmy for Peanuts in Space, which I have yeah, to admit on. is not something I would ever want to watch. But there we are. Um, didn't, cost them, didn't cost them much to make it either. Peanuts. Uh, oh dear. Come on. Oh dear. Christmas cracker. <laughs> right. Um 
Uh, we've got one here which caught Nick's eye uh, in the break. Uh, this link is from Forbes. Apple reveals groundbreaking new iPad technology. Uh, typical Forbes OTT headline there. Uh, slight clickbait. Um, it actually refers to a patently Apple story. Uh, patently Apple, of course, following Apple patents. Referring to a possible new um, Apple Pencil, which could include uh, a haptic motor and possibly even a speaker to allow a uh, more realistic feel when using your pencil. Um, in the article, it describes, for example, uh, the difference of drawing a pencil across, for example, a canvas or a brick texture or painting with wet or dry brushes and so on. Uh, interesting. Don't know that we've got much to say about it, but... Um, it's a it's a clever idea if they if they can do it because one of the criticisms of the the pencil well of all style AI is that uh, is that it doesn't feel quite like writing on paper or writing on whatever. Um, yes. So if they can do that, that that sounds very clever. But as you um, say, it's at the moment it's just a patent. It's a patent. I mean, the, only pre- the only problem I would see is uh, battery life. The battery life's not that great as it is without adding haptic feedback into it. Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, possible. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, interesting, nevertheless. I mean, people who who do you know art on iPad, I would say that is probably the the biggest thing that people miss, isn't it? The 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 feel of the resistance or um, you know the texture. Um, I I just yeah, when, when I read start. about the speaker, I have to admit I couldn't help but think of um, many years ago. There was a Mac a Mac app called KidPix. I don't know if either of you are familiar with I that. I seem to vaguely remember it. Yeah, it was a, a simple drawing program, and it had things like stamps, you know, rubber stamps. It was aimed at kids, but it had a thing yeah. so that when you when you got a wax crayon and drew with it, it kind of went like. <laughs> and when you got the when you got the eraser and rubbed something out, it went. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this imagine, you know, imagine the thing of using the eraser on your iPad and it going. <laughs> I couldn't help that just sprung into my mind unbidden. But um, no, realistically, um, I've been reading a lot recently about where is haptics going and is haptics the next big thing? Um, you know, talking about I mean, haptics. I, being I must admit, to... I do find I do find the um, it, it's mind-boggling, really, that the the button on the when we used to have buttons on the iPhone, <laughs> that it wasn't a button, and that it, I, I, I used to always my head when you you suddenly found it was switched off and there was yeah. no button there. <laughs> There's no button. Yeah, when they removed the physical, um, yeah, mechanical button and went for the later the haptic button, it was the most disconcerting thing to pick up your iPhone when it was dead and try and press the home button to find that nothing, there was no sensation whatsoever. There was no button, yeah, and it, it, I just thought it was amazing the way that the haptic feedback makes it sound like uh, sound like that. Oh, dear. That's my phone. I'm going to have to go and get it. Where were we? I don't even know where we were now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
<laughs> I think we were. At, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> oh, you've talked about the underwater cable. Uh, well, we haven't talked about the underwater cable, and it's only really worth a fly past. It's that um, Google are, are um, running an enormous underwater cable to link the US, the UK, and Spain um, to improve internet connection. And um, I believe it's going to make landfall in Cornwall. Um, this is from the Tech Times. And uh, Google is planning to develop a huge underwater cable to connect the United States, the United Kingdom and Spain. Uh, this innovation will enhance the internet connectivity of these countries. The tech giant announced it will be incorporating a new technology into the cable, claiming it is a significant upgrade on its older existing underwater cables. Uh, expects mm-hmm. the project to be finished by 2022. Um Apparently, according to the BBC's latest report, the company calculated that underwater data cable carries 98% of the world's data, making it vital to global communications infrastructure. Um, oh, okay. So, there we are. Um, so, well, Google... That's not how the internet was meant to work, really, was it? <laughs> no. Um, so, there we are. Uh, Google are planning to build a huge underwater... Just, you know, lay a huge underwater cable to connect... Um, the US, uh, the UK, and Spain. Um, that's Probably that good. one. Um, what else have we got? Um, the the one we, we that caught our eye um, whilst you went to answer the phone there, Nick, was uh, Mhm, which is a very silly name indeed. Um, but <laughs> Mhm turns your boring Zoom call into a weekend update style TV show. Uh, linked here to the Verge. Um, this is uh, something. There's been quite a lot of chatter about this on uh, Twitter, and I I wasn't sure what it was to begin with. Um, it's uh, currently in invitation only beta. Um, but it's described here as uh, a virtual camera which can be used with Zoom, Google Meet, YouTube, and other video streaming services. Turn it on, and the app transforms your room into a virtual stage. Um. The real power of mm-hmm comes in the way it lets you easily manipulate slides, backgrounds, and your own image for fun or for business purposes. With a simple gesture, you can move your face around the screen, shrink or enlarge your image, or disappear completely. Um, apparently, you can also turn a grainy opaque blue in a touch modelled after the Jedi holograms. Uh, you can post slides to appear over your shoulder and advance them with the tap team up with another mm-hmm user to create a collaborative presentation um, where you can each manipulate images on the screen. So um, I, that sounds, that sounds very good. I mean, the, the the problem with Zoom at the moment is if you want to do any kind of um, presentation or whatever, really the only way of doing it is using um, a, um, a, a sharing your screen effectively. Yes, so this, this, um, sounds, this sounds very good. In fact, we had a Mac user uh, meeting last night, and um, <clears throat> we had a speaker, uh, Brad Clark, who um, comes and speaks to us a couple of times a year, um, ex-Apple employee, and uh, obviously he was going to talk about iOS 14 and uh, Apple Silicon Macs and, uh, you know, Big Sur and what it means for for all of us. Um and it was a Zoom meeting, and of course, you have the endless problems with him trying to switch to, um, you know, switch out of screen sharing to talk to us, and then 
back to screen sharing to show us his slides or uh, some other photograph or whatever. And it's, it's clumsy and um, difficult to manage. Um, yeah. <clears throat> this seems to be, if you like, a, a simple, uh, a much simpler way uh, of doing the sort of things that you can, to some extent, do with OBS or, or Mimo. Um, yeah, the problem with the problem with Mimo and OBS is uh, you're you're often broadcasting to a service, uh, which and there's a delay in that, uh, quite a substantial delay, six or seven seconds of mm. delay. So when you're actually broadcasting, what people are watching is several seconds behind what you're actually broadcasting. Whereas with this, you're actually sharing with a group of people who are in the same chat room, effectively. Yes. And uh, the problem with Zoom at the moment is there is no control over how people are. You, you can change from a single person view and everyone in their own little box uh, around the edge. Uh, or, or you can have a, like a group view where everyone is in a little, a, a, a moderately sized box, uh, but you can see everybody. What this appears to do is allow you to do, as you say, that broadcast type things where you can pull in. So it talks about virtual camera. That's talked about a lot when you look, if you look into OBS. Yes. You talk about virtual cameras a lot. It's basically a second camera that can show something that's on your computer yeah and uh, uh or or a second camera literally or a second yes, camera or another camera um yeah so it's, it's worth watching the the video um of it on youtube yes, I'm sure it is. um because it was showing the guy you know shrinking himself down so that when you put up a, like a, a chart um you could point to all these things he was talking about the point like um so we're looking for a graph where you've got the ups and downs of, say, your financial situation. You can point to all these different points. Um, yeah. I know one or two. I know one good. or two teachers who would have found this very useful during lockdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I good, think. I think this sounds like um, somebody looking at what's happened because Jim, uh, you know, was saying to me, "How would I find somebody else to use it with?" And I said, you know, it's not a standalone. It's not going up against Zoom or, or whatever. The point is it's a plug-in. Um, and apparently it's uh, being made by Phil Libin, who led Evernote as CEO during its glory days. Um, uh, it, yes, I, like the comment that it said, I like the comment that says, mm-hmm, it's important to have a name you can sail while eating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think this is somebody looking at what's happening in tech and saying there's no point going up against these people who've already, you know, Skype or, or Zoom or whatever, who've already established a foothold. What we want to do is sell a product as an add-in that everybody's going to want. Um, yeah. I think uh, I think if it's successful, um, sorry, I don't mean that, if, if it works uh, effectively, um, that ev there will be an awful lot of people who will want this. I know, I know, teachers particularly yes, will exactly. find this very useful indeed. I mean, it's kind of examples mentioned here. He imagines guitar teachers using mm hmm to play while showing the tablature on a slide. Uh, doctors practicing telemedicine, perhaps showing their X-rays above their shoulders, and financial planners walking clients through their taxes with the relevant numbers floating on a screen nearby. Um, he's described Quizzes. it quite, 
quite laughingly here, he describes it as for people who want to stream PowerPoint instead of Fortnite. <laughs> the other thing I noticed that they didn't do was show you how you got all these um, graphs and uh, things added into the the, the screen. Um, yeah. So there was no accumulation there of how you go about, you know, if you I, plans I, you'd have to be in the beta to know that, presumably. I'm sure yeah, you would. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it, yeah. Um, there, you go, you yes. go to the website and you can apply for that. Yes, a, you can go, go to the website. I think that looks very promising. Mm. Yes. Um, and if, you know, teleconferencing becomes very much the, you know, a big thing of the future, which it looks like it's going to be, certainly for some time to come, um, this could be a very successful product. So uh, look it up. It's called Mm-hmm, which is M-M-H-M-M, for those who haven't come across it. Um, cool. Cool. I no need to, no need to beat your chest while you do the mm-hmm. <laughs> as in the film <laughs> what film was that uh, I don't know I'll be honest Can't you can talk. see it being you can see it being part of some very confusing conversations can't you mm-hmm. yeah what software do I need to use mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. no what software do I need to use we're off there we do um, Google One app launching for Android and iOS um, this is apparently Google offering everybody um, a new mobile app for Android and iOS called Google One, a new storage manager to help you back up your smartphone. Um, I think uh, Jim went and had a look for this and he could not currently locate it. That doesn't mean it's not a real thing. Um, The the article said that uh, both Android and iOS uh, apps, I've searched on the App Store and can't find it, I'm now on the Google One website, and it only shows Android at the moment. So maybe the story was a bit premature. Uh, you get 15 gigabytes free, and then you can get 100 gigabytes for 199 a month, or 19 pound 99 a year. You can get 200 gigabytes for 2 pound 99 a month, or 29.99 a year. Two terabytes for 9.99 uh, and 99. Dollars ninety nine cents a year, so that's all in cents. Uh, putting dollars and cents, that these prices. Well, mm. oh, it's yeah. a, kind of on the same par as um, yeah. most of the others, I think. Um, um, you get well, the dearest one. You get access to Google Experts, whatever that is. Options, options to add your family and extra member benefits, but it doesn't see what the benefits are. So. Uh, you would need to look into it more. Oh, uh, yeah, it's it, uh, it actually says here, find out more details yeah. about the Google One app at the link below, now available for Android, coming soon to iOS. So Yeah. Uh, your family's in to invite up to five additional family members to your plan. Um, so that's plus everyone gets their access to the benefits of Google One. So you, get, so you can share things with the family or groups or whatever. Let's face it, it's 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 another um you know, it's another storage as a service um mm-hmm. product, yeah. isn't it? And the good question is how long will it last with Google? That and is Google of course will... uh, yeah, yeah, Google not you know, Google are not known for pulling things, are they? Uh <clears throat> yeah. I suppose the only difference is it's not saying it's a beta one. That is true. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is true. Not a not a beta product. Um 
Right then, uh, I, I think that's probably pretty much all we're going to bother with, to be honest. Um, security and privacy, I've got a link here. Uh, sick of AI engines scraping your pictures for facial recognition. Here is a way to forks them right up. Uh, forks as in Guy Forks. Um, this is from the register. Um, this is a product uh, which... Um, Researchers at the University of Chicago Sand Lab have developed a technique for tweaking photos of people so that they sabotage facial recognition systems. Um, the project is named Forks after the mask in the V for Vendetta graphic novel and film. Um, it consists of software which runs an algorithm to cloak photos so they mistrain facial recognition systems, apparently. Um... Yes, so what, you're walking along the road and the camera only picks up you from a shoulders downwards. <laughs> you just have no head. Uh, <laughs> no, it's... Um, apparently it uses a pattern known as purling noise, uh, which are added to images, which disrupts the ability of deep learning systems to classify these images. Uh, currently available as an Android app, a user can take a picture of, say, a pipe, and it would not appear to be a, a pipe to the classifier. Uh, what well, like the famous "This is not a pipe" painting. Um, that's an intellectual joke for those who don't know. Uh, look it up. Uh, so yeah, uh, the point here is to uh, effectively mess about with your uh, facial photos so that when they're shared online, they cannot be used to uh, train facial recognition. Apparently, um, link in the show notes. Um, there we are. Um, and I think that's probably about it. This is where we're going to say that um, we're going to take a short break for the summer. Um, I think we're probably going to take three weeks off because, let's face it, not much is happening at the moment. And uh, I can't be bothered reporting endless rumours about what might or might not be coming in September. Um, everybody has a different quote-unquote leak, or as I say, pure bloody speculation on what's coming. Um, so I think we're probably going to call that a show. Uh, I'm going to sh give a shout-out uh, to my daughter, who has started an Etsy site for handmade crochet velveteen bunnies, and... Uh, they're very nice. They retail for about £25, handmade, CE approved by me. I did the trying to very set good. fire to it and all the rest. Um, link in the show notes to my daughter's uh, site, if you're interested. Uh, they're about, I don't know, about 11 inches tall, uh, made in soft velveteen um, yarn. Uh, good for, you know, baby showers um, and such like small children's birthdays. Uh, christenings and the like should you be interested uh and <laughs> oh, what else you. what else yes they're <laughs> nice they're very nice um you know i think she's i think personally i think she's possibly even underpricing them but uh she's pricing them to sell shall we say uh Surely good they're very nice um what else luminar have released an update uh 4.3 with you know more speed more toys more goodies and um be Light Software recently released um, Art Text uh, version 4 with yet more, uh, you know, 3D toys and things you can do to make lovely 3D lettering and all such uh, fun. 
So I thought I'd better just mention that. Um, and I think that's probably enough. So, uh, Nick, uh, where can people find you over the next three weeks? Uh, feel free to plug your uh, your broadcast service as well. Uh, well, probably. Um, uh, well, probably not on. <laughs> <laughs> probably twitter. not on twitter <laughs> yeah probably not but but it, but if you put something on twitter i may see you never know uh i'm, I'm spligosh on there s-p-l-i-g-o-s-h and uh you might hear me on one of bart shows who knows Indeed. and yeah i don't think i'm doing another service until the 10th of august um uh which is 6 30 on sunday evening just do a search for sutton uh sutton park circuit and uh, you'll find uh if you'd like to join us for worship at 6.30 on that day, then please do so. Or just to see Nick doing his, you know, control box streaming. And... <laughs> well, you might see me wave at some point and say, hello, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jim? Uh, on Flickr is the SRPS page shop in the Slack group. Uh, you can find me on Vimeo, uh, link in the show notes. And if anyone's interested, we have a Essential Apple Flickr group, if you wish to go to that and uh, click on the link, I'll log you in. Uh, and the good news is I've gone six, seven days without my Belgium number problem. Hooray! Hey, let's hope that that's fixed. Uh, if you've gone six or mm. seven days, that's pretty good. Let's, uh, mm. let's hope it stays that way. Yeah. Well done, iOS 14, apparently, for that one. Well... Well, I think it was because I changed some settings, um, which is possibly what's been this problem. Um, too many, too many to, to go through to tell you. That, that's fine. Okay. Um, well, we're just pleased to hear that you are no longer trying to phone Bruges when you want a cab. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You can uh, find all of our stuff over on essentialapple.com. Um the show tweets as at Essential Apple. Uh, you can follow me personally as at Serenak, and that's S E R E N A K. Uh, thank you to everybody who supports the show, whether that's by Patreon or the Pinecast Tips Jar, or by retweeting us, or putting stories in the Slack room, or you know anything else. Really, uh, we hope you all enjoy the show, and uh, I think I'm going to say. Until we come back at the end of August, we'll see you. Goodbye, all. Have a nice break. See you. You've been listening to the Essential Apple Podcast. And I'd like to say if you enjoy the show and would like to support us, feel free to go over to the website essentialapple.com and you will find links to both Patreon and the Pinecast Tips Jar, where you can make a donation towards the costs of the show. Uh, or even if you're really keen, you could set up a recurring payment. And thank you very, very much to all the people who already do support us. We really do appreciate you very much indeed. This show is, of course, part of the My Mac Podcasting Network, where you can find a variety of other shows like the My Mac Podcast with Guy and Gaz, the G-Men, Tech Fan with Tim and David, the Nintendo Club Podcast, the Geekiest Show Ever, the Three Geeky Ladies, uh, Bart Bouchotts and his wonderful Let's Talk Apple, and possibly some more that I've forgotten. So why not go over to my Mac 
Radio.com. Take a look at the available podcast and take a listen. Hi, I'm Bart Bouchards, host of the Let's Talk Apple podcast. Every month I gather together a panel of Apple followers and we digest the month's Apple news. Our aim is to step back and take a 40,000 foot view of all things Apple. We're the perfect complement to the many great daily news shows out there. Listen and subscribe at www.letstalk.ie. Thank you for listening and we hope to see you next time.